You didn't go, oh, oh, oh. why did you not go, oh, oh, oh. I just did. How did you resist? Because like the new theme tune is awful. I didn't do the new theme tune. How was that the new theme tune? They oh, yeah. basically did like the 80s theme tune, which is like the worst of the classic episodes. Yeah, with that, Christmas stories. Yeah, with, with like Christmas. Yeah, it's like the, the 80s thing with, with reindeer bells. That's, that's the new theme tune, isn't it? Oh, it's sort of like the gladiator yeah. theme tune clashed with something else. And, and oh, it's just, oh. And dear Lord, the title sequence. Ugh. I don't mind the title sequence, but less would have been better. If they were going to do retro, they should have gone back to something more Dahlia Derbyshire. And uh, really, that sound, that early, earlier sound, which was yeah. unique. Yeah, and like it's it. still haunting in modern today. But instead, they went to the 80s, which just sounded like cheap electronic Crap. Uh, I hate to I say just... that, guys, but the 80s is retro now. It's what the I kids know. want and what they fucking dress yeah. like. Yeah. No, seriously, when, when we were at UK Games Expo the other week, somebody turned around and went, oh, I really want to do the 80s Rogue because that's just so old and retro. And she's like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. <laughs> Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtywhoers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. Also on Facebook. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. L on C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant, Terry Lightfoot. Oolong Stutters Sputnik. Resident Pixie, Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President Sen. We're going to go flying into this. We're going to review... Into the Dalek, peaceful and divine. <laughs> all right, boy, right, boy. Now we're going to review Into the Dalek. It's got some great people in it, like Nick Briggs. Hello, my name is Nick Briggs, and you always get a big finish with Dirty Hooers. Yay! And uh, really nice to see Michael Smiley. I'm a big fan of Michael Smiley in anything. Uh, is that the Irish bloke? Uh, Colonel, Colonel Blue. Colonel running backwards, yes. Colonel running backwards without a helmet, and then his helmet suddenly appears later on uh, in the next shot. Really weird. Peter Capaldi, Jenna Coleman, directed by Ben Wheatley, written by Phil Ford. A funny little man with glasses and lots of hair. Ben Wheatley, yes, what can we say about Ben Wheatley? Well, Ben's done a few other things as well. Obviously, he worked with Michael Smiley on a field in England, which is excellent but weird. It's like 90% excellent and 10% bollocks. Go and watch that if you get a chance, because it appeals to the inner film freak in me. So, 70s prostitute gigolo, low at the bottom, high at the top. There you go. That's our racing system. <laughs> See how that didn't take 20 fucking minutes? Very enthused with this one there, Sputters. Well, let's give it some ratings, shall we? you know this one? At least I've only seen it once. And it's always, always hard because my rating always changes when I see it again. I can't be asked to watch these twice. Like, you know, there's hours of my time I'm not getting back. Bugger that. Yeah, this one's a five. <sighs> it was kind of shit for me, so I'm going to give it a ten. I'm giving this one a tentative twenty. Oh, wow, we're all wow. bored, aren't we? I'm going to agree with Lightfoot and go for a ten. A very flat ten. 
Okay. Okay, let's go Fuchsia, Terry, me, then Sen. Just for a mix-up. Is that oh, cool, Sen? I'm going to hate it by the end. I want to change my ring. <laughs> well, you can. You can. <laughs> Yay! Okay. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Just, just do a quick thing and we'll edit over the rating you gave them. It's fine. <laughs> it's always <laughs> no, so funnier you're listening to him squirm, though. <laughs> you put it at the end after the credits with me going, ah, oh, fuck, now I don't like it. And that'll be the closing <laughs> of it. <laughs> Exactly. You know, I've been editing some of these recently. Terry did a great job on cutting all the breaths and pauses and all the flange out of one. And I'm doing one at the moment. Fuck me, I'd forgotten how much bastard work these things are. (laughs) And back in the days, I used to have a desk where I could sit down. Now I've got to stand up. (laughs) You do an hour, hour and a half. You look at it and you go, I've only done eight minutes. Yeah. I haven't even created anything special. I've been stood here for an hour and a quarter. I've done eight fucking minutes. I'm not even a quarter of the way through. Not even, not even a sixth. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> you do. Uh, well, it's a Dalek episode. Let's face it, since the series came back, there has been one good Dalek episode. And that was the first yeah, one. Right. The rest of them have been either so bad I've refused point blank to watch them, or, yeah, kind of, mm. the last good Dalek line was, would you like a cup of tea, mm. in an episode that mm. was otherwise utterly awful. Mm. And unfortunately, this one was utterly awful as well. Yep, there's been better big finished Dalek episodes in the same period of time. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Nick was great. Nick is always good value, bless him. And he always puts his heart and soul into it. Yeah. So it's always good to see him, you know, getting a royalty check yep. and doing doing some fun things. It was nice to see them. You know, they, they did the little behind-the-scenes thing now, which is on iPlayer. And it was really nice to see Nick and see Nick get some screen time. That's, that's always... Yeah. He's always good. Was his beard No, there? I didn't have his beard. <gasps> oh, he has a magnificent beard now. Yeah. It is very strokeable. Ew. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, he's actually looking kind of <laughs> I, sexy with the beard. I, yeah, he I rocks the beard. To, Seriously. I admit, I was sitting here skimming on Google when you said that, Fuchsia, and I almost spit all over my computer screen. <laughs> Hmm. Yay! Oh, but no, I mean, there. Nick, he's always great. Capaldi, again, was doing well. Clara came off to be the biggest bitch in existence. I'm sorry, you're introduced to your new colleague, who you know is an ex-soldier. He's of a certain age, so you know he has to have served in a particular place. So the second thing that you say to him is, well, oh, no, what, so what, you kill people and burst into tears now? It's like, you utter bitch. <laughs> That was a that weird thing me. to say. I didn't really like it to start with. And that just went, so you're supposed to be the sympathetic everyman character that we're supposed to identify with. And you're taking the peer of a soldier who's obviously been through a hell of a lot and has had to leave. Nice one, girl. I mean, he was good, apart from the awful name. I think it was yeah. a bit obvious that the girl was called Blue and the boy was called Pink. Not subtle. I mean, I thought he was doing a great job. Slightly unrealistic in the fact that as soon as he shed a tear in the classroom, the kids would have ripped him to shreds. Soldier or not. But the whole point is they're trying to make out that these two are Barbara and Ian. And they are not. I didn't even think of that. Oh, oh, there's a whole load of publicity stuff where they keep putting up pictures of those two together and then Barbara and Ian. And it's just like, they're not even close. No. No, no, they're not. Not at all. (laughs) I mean, the young lad might turn out to be a good male companion but she's definitely no Barbara and she never will be hmm. so that really annoyed me from the start no stop it and there yeah. was another bit that really annoyed me as well where he was going on about oh the doctor's just a name I picked it doesn't mean anything so here we go and a couple of episodes back he picked the name the doctor because it really meant something and it was a promise so <laughs> either it means something or it doesn't mean something I have to disagree with you there 
because I think that was done deliberately to show that this doctor is taking a new look at things. He is darker. He's going about now deliberately to set right wrongs that he committed in the past. Well, the doctor see. isn't. Yeah, let's see. Again, it's the, it's the plot flangium, plot holium stuff. You know, the fact that, oh, you're obviously a spy. You've landed on our ship. We're going to kill you. Oh, no, we're not going to kill you. We're going to make you fix the Dalek. But of course we're going to let you get back in your ship and fly away. Oh, no, oh, no yeah. We'll let you go off. See yeah, you. I did... Come back again. And then you're in trouble again. Yeah, I did not understand that at all. I was just kept on thinking the whole time he went back to get Clara. I was like, well, they just made a huge point out of not letting him back. What? happened yeah how did they suddenly trust him i just what all that security threatening him again there's the ongoing problem of radiation doesn't work in doctor who the way that radiation actually works you know because one point (laughs) it has no effect on him one point it kills him another point in time he can shit it out of his big toe and this time whatever radiation was inside that dalek obviously has the shortest half-life in existence in the fact that it it only affects you when it's there and then as soon as it's gone all the effects start right and and it doesn't affect humans either. No, but that was the thing they were going on about how it was really, really dangerous to them and they really shouldn't stay there, but they're all just standing around like it's nice and sunny, you know, and it's not I, causing I, any problems. Yeah. Mm. It made no sense. I totally agree with you there. Is it me or is it like a really stupid thing? If there's memories that you don't want a Dalek to have, you don't suppress them, you delete they are organic I, beings. I'm not sure you could. Yeah, you really but then if they are organic them. beings, then how do you store their memories in databanks? It just didn't make sense to me. And, and why know. do those databanks have big red on switches inside them? Like a fuse box, yeah. This is the problem. Again, it was just sloppy. The antibodies, the antibodies weren't working properly. It was just too many old episodes that they'd ripped bits out of and took because the, the antibodies reminded me of the toclophane, which I hated. Exactly, yeah. It was an idea that was taken from the Tesselector, but at least in the Tesselector, they actually worked more sensibly. It was a hoy whale vomit once again, only this time it was Dalek, Gookies, right. dead people. The first episode was Westworld. This episode was basically Fantastic Voyage, done even more cheesily than Fantastic Voyage. Voyage, which is saying quite a lot. Yeah, but it was quite canon to do it. I thought it was a nice homage. Yes. The only thing that could have rescued this episode for me and the prof, and this was something that the prof said to me afterwards, was if when it had gone to paradise and Missy was having coffee with the girl who sacrificed herself, was if there'd been a whole load of car-led mutants there flapping their little tentacles about, (laughs) knocking tea all over the place and trying to eat cake. I could have forgiven it so much if it had done that. Because that's the other thing. It's just like, all the Daleks are shouting at you that there's a Dalek going around killing them and there's only one comes oh. back and you're not even vaguely suspicious of that Dalek. Daleks are stupid and deserve everything they get. They're like pheasants. Like stormtroopers. We've seen this plot before. Star Trek did it when they reprogrammed the Borg and Hugh and oh. it didn't work out yeah. very well either. Apparently the original end of this episode was that the Dalek went back and blew up the ship which is why you get that really cheap reverse shot of the Dalek mothership reversing back over the asteroid I suspect we may be seeing Nutter Dalek again at some point can I just say why did they not just immediately kill that Dalek why did they even sit around long enough to find out if it was a good Dalek or a bad Dalek
Dalek. And despite the fact it might be a good Dalek, why would you fucking care? I mean, yeah. you know, being military people and all, and I know it was a medical ship, but that's not enough justification. It's a freaking Dalek, the most dangerous thing in the universe. That start-off point made no sense to me. And then they're going to fix it? What did they think was going to happen when they fixed it? I just found it really confusing that way and I found a lot of the dialogue was not that engaging and I was just like bored to shit and Capaldi tried really hard to make it good but it was just borderline for me I I was just like man you're not even enough to save this thing to me it was an homage of Invisible Enemy not so much uh, Fantastic Voyage but then again Invisible Enemy was a homage to Fantastic Voyage the one bit that I loved absolutely loved and did remind me of Fantastic Voyage was when they were sticking their hand through that weird barrier between the two realities of the little capsule and then the Dalek world. And he's going through that and it gets all psychedelic and stuff. And Mm. I just thought, ooh, 60s funky that was beautiful i love that bit and at the end it was just like all rushed it was just like yeah. oh, okay it would have been so much if the giant prawn had turned up though yes yeah, yeah. Possibly, and, yeah. and how did they fucking get out of the so fast they just sort of chopped that whole thing away they didn't need to see him get it out did we yeah no. we saw him get in we saw the process it's a waste no of- there's just no way they were all in different parts of the dalek how could they have gotten out that fast in like a minute or two well Sorry. the dalek was on their side at that point the Dalek could have just transported them and? out, and he was working properly by then. Yeah, they does, got pooped out by that Dalek, power. They're as powerful as the Time Lords. They're essentially I gods. Did. It's God and the Devil. That, that's okay. the Time Lords and the Daleks. I see. I just don't see Daleks as equal with Time Lords. Except but I anyway, in time Lords and Daleks. You're right. They're not equal. <laughs> they killed them. They're more powerful. They always have been. It's been the Doctor's wit and luck that's gotten him out of it. The Daleks have always been more powerful than the Time Lords. Ah, don't buy that. Sorry. The Time Lords are wussies at the end of the day. What's not to buy? Just watch the episodes. They get their ass kicked every time they show up on screen. I'm blaming the writers for bad writing. Oh, I see. But anyway, like writers for not agreeing with your fantasy is what you know. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, I did enjoy the parts with Danny and Clara and the school, but the rest. Interesting. None of you have mentioned the Doctor because I thought we got a better look at who the Doctor is becoming. And I am seeing aspects of other Doctors in him. And it's, he's not, it's not as pertly as I thought he was going to be. But how about this for a concept? I think he's very Hartnell and yes. very Tom yeah. Baker. Yes, he really the, is a combination of the two. Yeah. There's some elements of Baker. I'd say there was more Hartnell. There's a lot of Hartnell in there, definitely, yeah, in the callousness. Like, Baker could be cruel as well. He could yes. be and cruel. Very. Colin Baker, too. I think that the difference mm-hmm. between Hartnell's cruelty and Tom Baker's is that Hartnell stumbled into situations and reacted cruelly yes. sometimes. Yes. But Tom Baker's doctor, he sought it's out those shit. situations. Right. Yeah, he went in with the intent purposes of fucking people over. And also, he has manipulated Clara a couple of times. Sorry, McCoy. But I yes. don't see any McCoy in him, obviously. I see no. a lot of final season McCoy. I see a lot of times champ yeah. in him. This is all shades of Christmas. It's hard to say, isn't it? Because we've only had two episodes, you know? It's hard to yeah. say. I can imagine him pulling out the glove, whatever that was called, the Omega thing. and can- Yeah, the Hand of Omega. Yeah, Hand of Omega. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the whatever it's called, hand of Omega. Yeah, bells. <laughs> you know, the, the, hands, the hand cutting the testicles. Yeah. Oh. Don't ask me to verbalize. God. 
Don't ask you to verbalize. No, we didn't. We just do an audio podcast. We don't ask, ask you to verbalize. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Oh my. So, yeah, I, I think I, I think I got to see a little bit more of him, and he did have some cracking one-liners in this. Almost poisonous. He's very messed up and doesn't know where he is yet. And I think they're playing that on purpose, which is very Colin Baker. But I think they're going to play this lost card for a good half a season. I don't know if they can afford to play it for longer than that. I agree. Because, as we all know, in the past, it kind of doesn't work. But they're certainly going to play it for a bit, and I feel that. That's good. Yeah, I thought it was very much like the Dalek itself, quite hollow. It did have (laughs) strains of Carnival of Monsters and strains of of, of old episodes in there, and we we did get a bit of, well, look, it's a miniaturization chamber. We know such things exist. There can, we saw them in Invisible Enemy. So, yay. That's great. But it wasn't enough for me. And this was almost the diametric opposite of the previous episode. This was not for kids. The same eight-year-old mm. girl that made a prop. I wouldn't let her watch this episode. Well, that's what he said as well, isn't he? Because he normally watches them on the Saturday night to, to sort of vet them and then sits down and watches them with her on the Sunday. And he right. said last night he wasn't sure he wanted her to see this one. I haven't spoken to him, I didn't know. Okay, well, well there you go then. I didn't understand the whole soldier hatred all of a sudden. I mean, the brigadier was one of his best friends, if not his best friend and it took, ever. It took years for that relationship to develop. Yeah, it did. The doctor went through two incarnations. Mm. It wasn't until true. really... I mean, if you think about it, that profound... But that doesn't, doesn't that change his attitude then? Not all soldiers, though. No, that's the whole point. The brigadier was mm. the exception. The brigadier trusted the doctor during the Pertwee era. But that trust wasn't really returned until we saw him come back in the Davison era, in Modern Undead. It mm. took the doctor, what, 300 years before he trusted the Brigadier, before he'd grown a little bit older and realized that the Brigadier really was the exception. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Uh, and, and you as, know, it wasn't really till Battlefield, I don't think, right, that I the agree. audience really got it. I mean, as far as Clara goes... I think that opening scene explains the closing scene. That's why the soldier could not come on board the TARDIS. Clara is the carer. In Clara's mind, soldiers may have good intentions, but the doctor manages to do it without doing that. So Mm -hmm. he can too if he was serious. That's what I see her saying to him. Well, my soldier does it without killing. You should too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, only he does kill. Or he gets people to get themselves killed. Yeah, but her yeah, doctor he, he, didn't. he kills all the time. And that's why. Well, so did Smith, unfortunately. But he did it while he was kiddishly flailing around with a smile on his face, which is why Clara couldn't answer the question because she doesn't know if this doctor's good or not. It was a character setup, the whole thing was. But again, having watched him do what he's just done, how she could answer, yeah, but you try, and it's like you've just seen him not do. You've just seen him cynically program a Dalek that is now going to go back and wipe all the others out. I know, that was pretty gnarly. But he tried to program the Dalek to become good and discovered that the Daleks had created too much bitterness in him to achieve that goal. So the Daleks basically set this entire situation up themselves. They're going to get destroyed by someone who tried to become good by looking inside someone they made bitter. I mean, it's this fascinating character loop and interaction that, I'm sorry, the little eight-year-old girl should know that some heroes in life have a dark side. Yeah, but will they get it is the point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Will they, they get the analogy? But they certainly won't get it if they're never exposed to it. 
True, but if you'll pardon me putting it this way, there's an age where little girls can be exposed to, and I think eight's far too young. Maybe. The thing is, they didn't show the doctor slaughtering a ship full of Daleks. The way in which they did it, that he still did the right thing, but because bad things have happened to him, it didn't all turn out right. I think that's still a good message. Hmm. I guess that's why I like this episode. He still went into it with the right intentions, trying to do the right thing, and the great hero still won in the end, but things turned out a little dark. I mean, I guess it's like rescuing the puppy that got hit by a car, but it ends up being paralyzed, you know? I mean, things don't always turn out perfect for the hero, for the right reasons. That's true. I guess I, I love But it's a message. family show, and that's how it's pitched as a family stroke educational Ah, see, but there you went and added in that second word, because if you you're really going to educate kids. Sometimes things don't turn out right, and that's life. Yeah, but I'm not talking about moral education. Well, I am to some degree, because yeah, let's yeah. face it, we got our moral education from Doctor Who, but yeah. this isn't a moral education that will resound with an eight-year-old. This is a moral education for teens. It depends on the young person. Some young people are clever enough to understand that kind of stuff, but eight-year-old, it's, it's borderline, and a person may not be ready for that. And it's up to the parent to realize that. But- Particularly when you've gone from the crunching gear change of what was in large parts a very slapstick, child-friendly episode the week before to a very dark, grim, damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of episode. But that's not atypical for Doctor Who. No, no true. I mean, you'll go from the Daleks, which was a very dark episode. I mean, let's not forget that the way Doctor Who won over the world was very gruesome for its time and very dark. Mm. Yeah. And this has always been what the Daleks do to the Doctor. Don't tell me an eight-year-old should watch Genesis of the Daleks. Yeah, Because right. they sure as fuck shouldn't. Yeah, they sure as no. fuck shouldn't watch this, this episode either. But if we go back to that era, there were no episodes for eight-year-old kids. There really weren't. You know, I mean, just off the top of my head, Robot. I mean, I wasn't eight years old when I was watching Tom Baker, and I did stop watching Tom Baker, partly because Sarah Jane left, but there wasn't enough for me as that child that age in the story, so I got bored and I stopped watching because yeah, I, I wasn't was. old enough to see the subtext and I wasn't old enough to appreciate it. And you can when you go back and you watch it again when you're older. The contrast is you've got the fucking Pass and Ostergang who are only there for eight-year-olds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why they don't work and jar so much for us. Except Fuchsia, who deep down inside is eight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm a four-foot-high psychopath, so seeing another four-foot-high psychopath going around trying to blow things up, it's quite appealing. You wish you were a psychopath, Fuchsia. God love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's her fantasy. Yeah, reality. what a great one. <laughs> I guess for me, there were things wrong with both the first and the second episode, but we've had this argument before, and I think Fuchsia, it's always been you and I that have been on opposite sides of this. I would much rather have an episode that aims high and doesn't quite hit it than an episode that aims literally for the gutter and succeeds. I think Deep Breath was shallow from the get-go. I think this was a shallow attempt yeah, I don't. to be Genesis of the Daleks and Dalek, and it failed, and no. it just yeah. fucked up how much Dalek. better those two stories were. They Dalek. even ripped off the you would make a good Dalek. They almost yeah. said the exact same thing at the end. Dalek was an exploration of traumatized 
Doctor. You're comparing three episodes yes. that literally take place across the entirety of the time war. Hmm. Genesis of the Daleks was an infantile doctor who couldn't see the forest for the trees. He could have literally saved the universe at that moment. But that doctor was too arrogant to do it. He was so self-righteous that he thought not taking the lives of 10 was worth 10 trillion. Mm. He just was too short-sighted. That doctor turned into a doctor he didn't like. The ninth doctor hated himself because of what he had become. This doctor is going to end up, I think, being perfectly comfortable with being a true lord of time and making those kinds of decisions. But he's just waking up to being that. And that's why I like this episode, because I think it served to give us an insight into the journey Capaldi's doctor is going to take. He is different. He's going to be the bookend to Tom Baker. He's going to be all grown up. I hope so. It just felt like there was almost all sarcasm in this one. I just didn't feel any sort of softness to him at all. Terry, and, uh, why are people sarcastic? Uh -oh. Yes, I know. Because I don't. We're intellectually but you superior usually to want to. Else? Yeah, yeah that. <laughs> you want to detect some of that vulnerability underneath. Otherwise, it's just a sixth doctor, and that was a big problem for me. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. They're going to have to play this carefully because if they don't, they are going to end up with another six-doctor situation where he's cold, he's remote, he's abrasive, and people just can't take to him. Yeah, but he's yeah. not that bad. He didn't try and strangle his assistant straight out of the gate. You know? yeah. He bloody should have yeah. done. <laughs> Thank goodness. Wow. No, he should not have. Okay, guys, are we all comfortable and ready? Can we get some quotes? Obviously, the finest quote is the darkest quote top layer if you want to say a few words where they fall into the goop oh so, oh my so, god that was so fucking funny it's not funny it's fucking dark he was not it is thinking dark, about the human being yes around him when he said yes that. i know yes that it's just very Tom yes, Baker. but it made me laugh <laughs> It was very black, but it was good. Well, it made me laugh because the people around him were just looking at him like, you did not just say that. Yeah, he is fucking hot. <laughs> not human, is he? <laughs> and that's it. You get a real sense of this doctor that he's not human, which is nice. Yeah. 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 Especially, you know, like, well, you're mannish or you look old or whatever he said to her about her looks. Yeah. And I got the same feeling of you're a beautiful woman, probably because yeah. I don't know. I'm an alien from another culture, you know. Well, obviously the carer quote. And it's, <laughs> the funny thing is, I don't know that she's that much of a carer, but compared to him, I guess she is. Yeah. Right. yeah. This is a bit of a yeah. cold combination yeah. they have going on here. That was very Malcolm Tucker walking she down cares. the yeah, hallway. She cares so I don't have to. I love that. That is so great. <laughs> that right there, you said you didn't see Seventh Doctor. That is final season classics. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. She cares, so I don't have to. <laughs> I mean, that is totally something McCoy would do. Even in the same accent, all rolling the yes, ass. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to get out of here because we've been podcasting for ages. We are on Facebook. We are on Google+. Plus. We're all manner of places. Have a splendid week. Enjoy your next episode of Doctor Who while it's on. By the time this comes out, fuck knows. Fuck knows what episode. <laughs> Seriously, next week, Season Robots of Sherwood. Watch Robin of Sherwood Series 1 or Series 2 instead because this is probably going to be worse than Men in Tights. But it's probably not going to be as bad as Androids Atara, so I wouldn't worry. Oh, yeah. oh God, hope not. Right. <laughs> Moving on. Talk to you soon, folks. Bye. Night-night. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to... The Dirty Hooers Doctor Who Podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyHooers.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. Oh, yeah. We're also on Facebook. 
See you next time. Darling, he's the land divine. Right, 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 right.